0: To nothing but some hard times
1: Just feeling like a filling
0: fighting for three kids She hasn't seen her husband because that the strips thin. Nobody told her to Bye.
2: You can have a seat if you would, please. <coughs> time for announcements. And um, it's nice that we've made announcements just three three long now, very standard. So first of all, we want to say this, welcome. If you're here and you're a guest and this is your first time or your third time or your ninth time, but you're still feeling like this is new for you, we are delighted that you're here. So we, we want you to... Um, Text to us at One C Church or One C Guest to ninety four thousand. Just let us know that you were with us today in worship. That kind of helps begin a, a connection between you and us, and we would just like to get to know you a little bit better. If you have a prayer request, either here in the sanctuary or if you're live streaming today, we can collect those prayer requests by you text your prayer to four zero two. 2425051. Sooner rather than later because we've moved the prayer time, yeah, it's a little earlier in the service. So we want to be sure everybody that's texting, we can collect those and we'll read them later on. And finally, communion. Um, if you picked up your elements when you came in, that's all good. They're out here in the window by the opening, by the family gathering space. But if you did not collect them, Take a moment during this uh, next song and swing out there and pick them up. So again, welcome to worship.
3: Here's my heart, Lord Here's my heart Here's my heart, Lord, speak what is true, sing this with me, sing, here's my heart, Lord, here's my
4: and girls, I've been teaching you some different ways to pray lately over these last few weeks. If you remember, a few weeks ago, I gave you rocks and told you to go ahead and put a rock in your pocket, carry it with you as a reminder that you can cast your cares on God because He cares for you. And then we had the bingo prayer and the free space in the middle of the card is your house, right? And then all the empty spaces around it were places where you could write your neighbor's names, so then you can remember to pray for your neighbors, those who live right around you. And then last week, we had the Pop Rocks prayer. And that was to remind us that even when we don't know what to say or what to pray, the Holy Spirit who lives in us prays for us in wordless groans. And boys and girls, I know you're doing a great job praying. I'm just not too sure about the adults. So I thought we would take this time and teach them how not to pray. So let's show them this instructional video. We all know how important prayer is,
5: yet there are a lot of people that get nervous about praying in public. But have no fear, we've created a simple resource to help educate you on how not to pray.
3: Duck, goose!
5: Just because the group is in a circle doesn't mean they're playing duck, duck, goose. Be on the lookout for little details that may indicate it's a prayer, such as, someone praying. When someone is praying, don't stare off into space. Don't trim your toenails. And don't fire up a chainsaw. These actions are potentially distracting and may give the impression that you aren't giving the prayer your full attention. The celebratory drop to a knee prayer is really only cool after a touchdown. If your hands are extended towards someone in prayer, Try not to pretend that you're shooting electricity at them like the emperor from Star Wars.
6: And I'd also like to pray for each of our 27 missionary friends by name.
5: Your prayer shouldn't turn lunch into dinner. That's a miracle no one wants. If the good Lord wanted us to eat cold food, he wouldn't have blessed us with the oven.
2: Nathan, will you please lead us in prayer?
5: And don't pretend to have a heart attack to get out of praying. (laughs)
1: <laughs> demons out
5: don't go to the exorcism prayer unless you are pretty certain it's necessary if you make an effort to follow these simple steps you should notice a difference in your prayer life
4: yeah um, I may have seen an adult fake a heart attack once to try to get out of prayer but boys and girls I don't think I've seen you make any of those mistakes I don't think I've seen you play duck duck deuce when we pray or try to shoot electricity out at, at people while you're praying And I know I haven't seen you trim your toenails. That's a good thing. Or try to push the demons out of someone while we're praying. So you're doing a great job. And you know what? Outside of those things, I really don't think there's any wrong way to pray. Prayer is simply going to God with our whole heart. And even when we don't know what to say, we learned last week, right, that the Holy Spirit who lives in us prays in wordless groans. So we can't go wrong. And the the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. So prayer is simply going to God with our hearts. And let's do that now. And you can repeat after me. Heavenly Father, we know that you love us and want to spend time with us. Help us to turn to you with our whole heart. Amen.
7: Let's sing together. Bless the Lord.
2: Never before, I worship your holy name. Yes, indeed. 10,000 reasons and then some. One of the reasons to sing his holy name is this time in the service, we have the privilege of confessing sin before Jesus and then to recognize in forgiveness what he has done for us. And so I would just like to offer a prayer and invite you to pray along with me in your heart as we go before the Lord and we confess our sins. And then open ourselves up to be recipients of that forgiveness that He's brought us. Lord Jesus, we are gathered in the sanctuary today, your people. People are gathered around the globe just like us, and you are attentive to us. Jesus, you know that we are sinners, you know that we are broken and fallen image bearers, and that we have sinned against you in thought, in word. And indeed. And that we can pray with David when he wrote, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Jesus, we are thankful for what you have done to us. We are thankful that you took the steps to the cross that your body was broken, that your blood was shed, that you went to the tomb and you stepped out of the tomb three days later. Our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. And so we lift up your name, indeed we do, it is holy, and give you thanks. Amen.
3: Lord, I hope this day is good. I'm feeling empty and misunderstood I should be thankful, Lord, I know I should But Lord, I hope this day is good Lord, have you forgotten me? I've been praying to you faithfully I'm not saying I'm a righteous man Lord I hope you understand I don't need fortune and I don't need fame Send down the thunder Lord send down the rain But when you're planning just how it will be Plan a good day for me Well Lord I hope this day I'm feeling empty and misunderstood I should be thankful, Lord, I know I should But, Lord, I hope this day is good You've been the king since the dawn of time All that I'm asking is a little less crime It might be hard for the devil to do but it would be easy for you. But Lord, I hope this day is good. I'm feeling empty and misunderstood. I should be thankful, Lord, I know I should. But Lord, I hope this day is good. But Lord, I hope this day is good.
2: Huh? Thanks, Chris. Come to a time of uh, communion, and if you've got your elements with you, just you know, get those ready and hang on to them. Here at 1C, we believe that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. We also believe that it's a mystery. We don't know how he inhabits these elements, but that he does. And this is very, very significant in the, in the life of uh, a Christ follower. So what I would like to do is just offer the words of institution first and then we'll partake of the communion together. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me so if you would take the side that holds the wafer let's peel that back and hold that in your hand and realize that this is the body of Jesus broken for you and I peel back on the the wine or the juice And remember as we take that that this is the precious blood of Jesus which was shed for the forgiveness of sins. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may it strengthen you and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray.
6: Almighty Father We open our hearts to you this morning through our prayers from our 1C family. We lift up our prayers to you spoken and unspoken. Please keep my husband in your prayers as he has been added to the transplant list. For my daughter, as she starts her second round of chemo, wrap your arms around her and give her your strength. Please give me the strength and power to continue the journey I'm on, to make myself a better person, and to stay alcohol free. <clears throat> a blessed birthday to Heath Zino on Tuesday. We are so blessed to have him in our lives. We are grateful for all the fun times that we share together as a family. Watch over my children, that they may make good decisions. Ease my daughter's anxiety. Pray for love to be in the center of our family finally father a big prayer of thanksgiving because you are so good gracious God when trials come our way we run to you when pain and suffering enter our world we run to you our lives are in your hands and we fix our eyes on you we thank you for your promise to never leave us or forsake us And we praise you for your continued grace, mercy, and love through your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
2: Amen, and welcome again. It's good to be together, isn't it? Uh, The message this morning is entitled, um, Praying Throughout the Day, Praying Throughout the Day, and I kind of wanted to connect it to the overall theme that we've been spending time with in this 40 days of prayer that has been praying for a breakthrough a breakthrough in your life whatever it might be and this is kind of a way to indicate what that is these are out on one of the high top tables out there and there's a little box to drop it into so if you've been praying for a breakthrough and it's happened or you're continuing to pray about it pray about it throughout the day and just allow the lord to do something with your prayer because you know he's going to we're going to open up, uh, kind of anchor this message with a passage from Ephesians. It's chapter 6, verse 18, and it says this, pray in the spirit at all times with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up and always pray for all of God's people. We're going to come back to that at the end of the message, kind of frame it yet again. We want to consider uh, two habits that might be helpful in, in keeping us mindful of how, how do we do this? How do we do this praying throughout the day? Well, I think one thing to remember, just as a quick aside, is that habits aren't formed after 3, 5, 10, 15, oftentimes 20 or more times. Habits take a while, don't they? I did a little bit of research on it and found out that contrary to what I always thought, habits are developed or given up in 21 days. Well, now I'm reading it's 66 days or more. But what it really depends on, of course, is the person and the habit that you're trying to start or the habit that you're trying to stop. But the average is about 66 days. Why say that? Well, you know, if you walk out of here this morning and you're thinking, oh, praying throughout the day, how can I do that? I got a little instruction in it at church this morning What do I do with it on Monday? What do I do with it on Thursday afternoon? What do I do with it on Saturday morning? Well, just remember that it's a habit and it takes time. It takes intention. So I really want to encourage you just to stay with it. The first habit is this one. Build a habit that maintains an ongoing conversation with God. I've got a couple of scriptures I want to share with you around that. The first one is Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to give you the the quick uh, cliff notes on it. If you you know this parable, it's the parable of the persistent widow. And Jesus taught it for this reason. He, He was trying to drive home a point to his disciples that, listen, I want you to get this about praying. That you can do this. You can pray all day. And not lose heart so let me tell you a parable about how you can kind of connect this and the parable was about it's got two characters in it it's got this crusty old judge who's got lots of power to you know make things happen you know legal wise for people but he's got a couple of issues one is he doesn't really honor or care a whole lot about God and the other one is he doesn't honor or care a lot a whole lot of people so here's this widow, she's having trouble with an adversary, and she comes to this gentleman and she says, you know, I need some help, I, I need a breakthrough. And he, for whatever reason, you know, not going to do it. You know how this story goes, she comes back and she's refused, and she comes back and she's refused, until finally this guy is wore out. And he says, wow, because of this woman's persistence, I'm just going to give her what she wants, so she'll leave me alone parallel, I'm sure you're seeing it, is persistent. We persist, we pursue, we stay at it with intention in prayer. And the second passage is Psalm 54, verse 2, which says, O oh God, hear my prayer. Give ear to the words of my mouth. When I was d- putting this message together, that I, I realized that that Psalm 54 verse 2 is only 13 words long. And that if I'm going through my day and I kind of, you know, lose track of this whole notion of praying throughout the day, there's this 13-word there's this prayer that can be said in one breath. If you just inhale and say the prayer, "Oh God, hear my prayer, give ear to the words of my mouth. It's one breath. And it's restorative, and it's, re- it's it acts as a reminder to bring us back into prayer. There was a, a monk back in the 1600s, I think, in France. Uh, we know him as Brother Lawrence. Perhaps you, you have heard of Brother Lawrence and the book that was written about him, Practicing the Presence of God. Well, the thing that was so... Interesting about this man was he didn't start out as a monk. He started out as a, as a soldier, and he fought in the 30-year war. I don't know where to place that in history, but that's what Wikipedia told me. He fought in the 30-year war, and he did some other things. And then he decided to, to become this Carmelite monk in Paris. And so he enters the monastery, and that's where he spent his days. And the thing that's curious about him is he, he wanted to... He wanted to Hmm. find out more about how does God show up in, in the everydayness of what I do here he worked in the kitchen and so he was cooking and cleaning and scrubbing pots and pans and putting things away and if you've ever read the book you know that he eventually found out he made this connection that well what do you know what do you know God is present in every single task He makes the mundane, dare we use the word holy, he makes the mundane more noble. He shows up in my life and your life, he shows up when we're running the vacuum or doing the laundry or running an errand or preparing dinner. The everyday things, God wants to be there, God is there, so you know, we can learn from Brother Lawrence. He, he had this frame of mind to always be in prayer. And it became a habit, okay? He was always speaking to God, anytime, anywhere, about anything. And for him, it became like breathing. I think we could almost say it's a spiritual breathing. You know, we've got to breathe for, we've got to take air into our lungs and expel air from our lungs for our physical bodies praying is like breathing for our spiritual body for our soul so that's the first habit maintain an ongoing conversation with god the second habit is schedule times to pray during the day now you know just a quick little caveat on that that i don't know that that necessarily means you know get your calendar out and Write it all out and to be sure you, you follow it day in and day out. I'm hoping to offer something a little more broad but yet significant that can kind of guide us through that. But there is a way to kind of lock in when I get up, when I do breakfast, when i mid-morning, and when I have lunch, and when I go to bed. So we'll, we'll spend some time unpacking that a little bit. And we're going to do it by looking at the Lord's Prayer. That's kind of going to be the framework and kind of guide us through this. So let's begin. Our Father, who is in heaven. First thing I get up, start the day with gratitude. Start the day with thanksgiving. James 1, 16 through 17. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow or change. I was sitting at my, at my desk where I do my devotions and journaling and writing and Bible study. I had to think, well, what is, what is wait a minute, what, what's a good and perfect gift? What is that exactly? And it comes down from the Father of Lights. Well, it could be a ton of things, right? What it got me to thinking about was this notion of thanksgiving, gratitude, and maybe a gratitude list have you ever kept a gratitude list? Some probably have. Maybe, maybe you got one going right now. And you might keep it on a phone, or you might keep it on a tablet, or it might be on your laptop, or you might be old school and have a notebook and a pen and write it down. And I know people who have done this, and they, they keep a notebook next to their night, you know, their bedstand when they go to bed at night. It's a good time to kind of reflect and review and capture those things about, for which I am grateful. It resonates with me because for probably 30 or 40 years, um, I've been a a keeper of journals. I I absolutely love journaling. And I have boxes of them, boxes of them. And God bless my children because, you know, the day's coming when they're gonna have to sort through all those things and good luck. But I just, it's something that I do. Writing, journaling, connects me in my prayer life, connects me to, to God, connects me to the scriptures, connects me to other peoples. But one of the things that those journals sometimes becomes, and this is particularly true, if I'm not necessarily in a gratitude mood, I don't want to be thankful for nothing. You know that feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of, I don't know, life pushing too hard, there's too much coming too fast. I can't can't get my arms around being thankful. And I have found that sometimes when I sit down to journal, God's spirit will tap me and say, Randy, sit here, don't write, don't open a book, sit here quietly and listen to me. Sit here quietly and listen to me. And look around you. What do you see? Are you grateful for that view of the lake? Yes, I am. Are you grateful for that dark-eyed junco that just showed up at the bird feeder for all you birders out there? Yes, I am. And the cardinal that shows up against the white snow background. You bet. I'm grateful for this coffee mug I just picked up because... It reminds me of my children, it connects me to a memory of my children. And I'm always grateful for a strong cup of coffee, that's in there. I'm grateful for the water, for the electricity, for the coffee maker. I'm grateful that I could turn on heat in my home this morning. This kind of stuff can go on for several pages once you get it started, it kind of comes rolling out. You know, I suppose you could say it's, it's small stuff, and it is. Coffee mugs, coffee, you know. I have warm socks. Yeah, small stuff. But here's the thing about small stuff. I call the small stuff spark plugs because they jumpstart a deeper remembering. Spark plugs will jumpstart a deeper remembering on the ways that God has kept me and those I love all of our days. Man, I just love it as that unfolds and begins to happen. I'm writing about coffee mugs and electricity and clean clothes and hot water and pretty soon right before me God is talking about remember when your daughter was in her drug addiction for 20 plus years remember the day she called you and she said dad I'm finished I can't take it anymore and she returned to to church she returned to her relationship with me remember that Remember how she went from there and finished, got, got her degree? She graduated. She got a job. She went and got a master's degree. She got another job. She had a child. She had little Annabelle. She's a good mommy. Oh, man. I look at my daughter's life, and it, it makes me want to weep right now. How did all that come? I don't know. It's how the spirit works. It kind of came because I was talking about, again, clean socks and hot water. And there's food in the fridge. I'm grateful for the things that God has done to me, in me, and for those that I love. Those who study the brain and the science around the brain are saying things like this. Gratitude is a predominant factor in physical and emotional health. I have no trouble believing that, I know that's true, I know it's true, that what we do in the first six or eight minutes of the day, it's not a lot of time, it'll set your attitude for the entire day, it's worth spending time with. So, start today with thinking about God and his goodness. Think about how caring he is, how close he is. How consistent he is. How competent he is. Start the day not with a barrage of requests of I needs. But start the day with gratitude that all that God has made available to me. So that's the starting of the day. So then we go to breakfast. And we're using blessed be your name in the Lord's prayer to kind of get us into breakfast. Because we're talking about praise right here. In Psalm 142 verse 5 says, Every day I will bless your name and praise it forever and ever. And Psalm 910 says, And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you O Lord have not forsaken those who seek you. In that verse, what caught my attention was in those who know your name. And God has names, and you probably know this because it's shown up in your in your reading and your hearing other sermons, but God has these names that are up on the screen. There's there's probably more. But let's reflect on some of the names that God is. God says to you and I, I am Abba, I'm your daddy. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the Lord, your provider. I am El your God who knows everything. I am Jehovah Rapha to you. I am the God who heals you. And I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. And I've got all the power that you're ever going to need. God's names. Breakfast, kind of come into mid morning. And in mid morning, we are remembering what happens most, what matters most. Excuse me, remembering what matters most. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in the mid morning time, when you're saying that section of the Lord's Prayer, connect it to this, remembering what matters most. I'm remembering why I am here. And the reason I am here, this is what I think, I am here to align myself with God's purposes and to align myself with God's plans. That's why I'm here. Jesus said this in Matthew 6.33, this is a classic text, if you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, maybe we might say God's purposes and plans, all the other things will be given to you as well. So I think what this passage does is it calls forth in me, in you, hmm, whose agenda Am I most concerned about? Whose agenda am I pursuing? Am I pursuing God's agenda? Am I pursuing my own agenda? Now, if several of us were to get together for coffee after the service today and talk about this notion of agendas, I know for a fact there would be stories of, oh yeah, let me tell you what happens when I pursue my own agenda. It might start out good, but man, it goes south in a hurry pursuing God's agenda. That's what we want to remember most in mid-morning. Sometimes we get not so sure about that. That's easy to understand. Life's complicated. It's busy. And there's eh, you just get bombarded from all sides. And that can kind of you know, sometimes we get pretty lost in the weeds, yeah? So if we get lost in the weeds, what do I need to do? How do I get back to this place of remembering what matters most? You, well, one way is to pause, take a deep breath, simply say, you know, in here, or say it out loud, um, I just need to stop right here. I need to pause and I need to ask myself what matters most. What am I holding right now? Am I holding God's agenda or am I holding my agenda? Because I feel like I've just gotten lost. And I don't know what direction to go. So I'm going to do the simple thing. I'm going to stop right where I'm at and I'm going to pray. Maybe you're going to pray the single breath prayer of Psalm 54:2, Kind of get you back in the groove. Lunchtime comes along eventually in the day. And lunchtime we're thinking of this section of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. So there's a couple things here. One of those is my request. I, I can list my needs. I can talk my needs out loud. I can write them on a sheet of paper. But I can make my needs known to God and I can intercede for others. I can ask for anything, anything, all caps, big font. I can ask for anything. I can ask it for me. I can ask it for you. Okay? So, a few classic texts around this notion of making requests known. Philippians 4, 6-7. through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, Paul tells us, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A couple of nice instructions in there. Don't be anxious about anything. That's part of it. That's nice. How do I do that? How do I not be anxious about things? And and what's going to come my way that I could be anxious about? Well, that could be a long list. But oftentimes they fall in our health, our physical things, our emotional life, our physical life, our spiritual life. Our marriage, our friendships, our, any relationships that we have, financial needs that we have, worries, cares, concerns, what's going on at work, what's going on at school. I know you get the idea. God is telling us not to be anxious about those things. And then the it's there in the passage so... If you don't want me to do that, what do you want me to do, Paul? Well, I want you to pray about everything. I want you to pray about everything. No matter what it is. Stop what you're doing and praying about it. Lord, I'm trying to read this book and take notes on it because I have a test to take. But what's in my head is I have conflict with two or three people at church. Or I have an issue with my bride. I haven't talked to her about it. I know I need to stop the book. Stop the note-taking. Pray about those things. See what God's going to do. I am confident of this, that one thing that he's going to do is that he's going to bring his peace into your heart, and it's going to settle there. And you're going to experience this shift, this pivot from this anxious mindset to this place of God God is caring for me right here, right now. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. A very familiar text with very simple instructions. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping it plain and simple. Because I, you know, I can't take too much complication. Seek my kingdom first. Seek my kingdom first, then, and count on this, count on it, I will take care of the rest. I think that is some great guidance, some great instruction on how we should order our lives. We're at lunchtime. Give us this day our daily bread, talked about request, let's talk about intercession, First Timothy 2, 1 through 4. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? Here's the thing. Give us this day our daily bread. Mine, yours, the person you're interceding for. Now we are saying, God, give this person their daily bread. I may know what it is in part, I may know lots of detail, I may not know anything, but they're on my heart. And I would like for you to deliver to them their daily bread. So, in doing that, we're moving beyond our needs, focusing on the needs of someone else. So that when you bump into someone, it might happen before you get out the doors this morning, you might bump into someone out here in the family gathering space. And you might hear words like problems and hurts and sorrows and lofts and grief and suffering. And when you do, it's it's great to say, I will pray for you. I will intercede for you. But I want to to encourage you to at least think about this. Bump it up just a notch. I will pray for you. Let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. That's how intercession works. Got through lunch, you know, know we got the after lunch coma going on and we're in the afternoon and, you know, we're working hard at trying to look and be productive back in the office. But... In our, in our model here, the afternoon is when we're going to recall this piece of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This is about confession and forgiveness. This is, this is a reminder to me at this point in the day that I, I own my sins. My sins are mine, and I need to take ownership of them in confession, And I need to forgive the person who may have something against me. I've got it. I I can do two of those things. I can do those in the presence of God. Proverbs 28, 13 says it like this. This This is a great verse. Whoever conceals his sin will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them, sins, will obtain mercy. Don't you love that juxtaposition? Whoever conceals his sins will not prosper. He who forsakes them, confesses them, will obtain mercy. I'm a real real fan of Timothy Keller. Some of you may know him. He pastors a large church in New York City. He has a devotional book that's entitled... God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. It's one of those 365-day things, and, you know, he's, he's addressing Proverbs. He's got some great um, narrative around it, offers a prayer at the end. But in that book, he said something that stuck in my mind that matches up to this Proverbs verse. Keller says this, if we try to cover up our sins, God will expose us. If we expose our sin, that is we confess it, God will cover it with his mercy. So, concealing sin from myself or from others, I think that it's, I think that if that's a habit, concealing sin, trying to tuck it away, I hope nobody sees this, maybe I can hide it from God, yeah, he, he can't see through my shirt, so I'll tuck it in here. Well, doing that over and over again, I think it creates psychological problems. But there's a solution, and the solution is in 1 John 1, 9 through 10. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him out a liar and his word is not in us. So there is the confession side. Now, what about the forgiving side? What about forgiving someone else. What about forgiving the person that you're in conflict right now? Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Their model, there's how we do it. A complaint against anyone, a conflict, a beef, You know, Jesus forgave me. Jesus forgave you. He expects nothing less from us. He expects us to follow his example and forgive the other. We get into the afternoon, and we are looking at this section of the Lord's Prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We need protection. We need God's protection We need to ask God to help us to think and behave in wise ways. We need God to help us think and behave in wise ways. Like Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Dive deep into Proverbs, folks. Dive deep into Proverbs. Because it calls us to think, it calls us to study, it calls us to learn the disciplines of centering all of our thoughts and actions on God. It's worth the time. End of the day. We're going to end the day with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. End my day with an encouraging truth. Eh, just be on the lookout for one. End the day with an encouraging truth. Before you turn the light out, what was the truth about God in, in my life today, in my circumstances today? What, can I name it? Can I identify it? And then can I write it down in my gratitude journal? Psalm 139, 1 through 3, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Might it be encouraging to reflect on the truth that I have been fully known all day long, that nothing about me has been out of his sight, nothing and that's going to hold true as I lay my head down to sleep. It's going to be true when I get up in the morning. It's going to be true the next day, and the next day, and the next day. So looping back around to Ephesians, what does it say to us in 618? It calls us to pray in the spirit, to pray at all times, to pray all kinds of prayers, asking for anything that you need. Let's Church, let's allow the Spirit to lead us into this place of unceasing prayer. And knowing that there's no subject that's off limits. You don't have to be timid in prayer. There's nothing you can't pray about. Nothing. All of it can be brought before the Savior. If you would, insta- if you'd stand, and we're, we're going to close with the Apostles' Creed. This is a wonderful way to close kind of wrap up the, the morning together. This is a statement of our faith. This is what we believe as a community of Christ followers. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, whose only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his marvelous peace. In his name we pray. Amen.